We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. We made it to the end of another week. Friday. That means rapid fire, and we've got a full house today. I don't, I don't think the three of us have been together in a while. John Styers. How's everybody doing today? Having a good day? I would Everybody's say a great day. It's, uh, <laughs> I was waiting for I was, like, I was giving him my. I had to look at my computer. I was like, am I on mute? <laughs> it's Friday. It's beautiful outside. I'm going to go drink some beers after this. So I'd say it's a pretty good day. It was, I will earn whatever I get for the rest of today. I will put it that way because <laughs> my boss was out. My, a third of my cohorts were out. So it was just two of us holding down the fort all day. And it certainly hit the fan uh, towards the end of the day. There, my dad used to tell me when I was a kid, nothing good ever happens after midnight. The new term Nothing good ever happens after two o'clock. Oh, okay. That is the witching oh, the hour. School, the, school the school thing. <laughs> that is the witching hour at the school. All the lunches are over. Two o'clock. Boom. That's where it all hits, man. Ugh, it's horrible. We should give Rob Osgood some kind of prize for uh, for being here and and uh, being the first in the chat today. You uh, win the award, as he said. Hit the thumbs up. Hit that Let's like go. button. Smash it. Do it. <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah, I've just had a busy day. We had uh, the media stuff over yep. at Notre Dame this morning and writing stuff and getting ready for the show and trying to eat a couple bites in between a couple <laughs> of different times. A couple of days ago when we had the day of practice, I forgot to eat breakfast in the morning. and then Breakfast? I, you know, like, then it was cranky. And Are you, are you, you a non-breakfast person? Oh, I eat breakfast, breakfast every day. Well, breakfast. I... I, I I spent too much time like drinking my coffee, and I think what was I working on that morning? I was working on something. And Vince, what do you eat for breakfast? Just one of those days. It varies. We're we're big into the uh, microwave breakfast sandwiches, like the Jimmy Dean. Like nice. those are really good. So I, I'll eat one of those, or I'll have a bowl of cereal. It's usually it depends on my okay. mood in the morning. Like a I'm on an cereal. I'm on an oatmeal swing right now. Oatmeal. So. Yeah. My son is big into the oatmeal. He puts all of his pieces and parts into the oatmeal. Some you know what I've chips. you know what I've started doing is 
cook the oatmeal in like a little less water than they call for. And then when it cooks, then I throw in a handful of blueberries and I cook that for about another 35, 40 seconds. And the blueberries burst and then you've got like juice. Okay. So tasty little little thing. Yeah. (laughs) Try that at home. (laughs) <laughs> what about you jess what are you doing in the in the mornings uh it just depends on the day i'd say the most consistent day is wednesday because that's the bagel day at work and when i'm in the office so every wednesday i know i'm eating a bagel for breakfast um outside of that i like these little oikos um yogurts yeah. that yeah. got like 15 grams of protein no sugar no carbs right there. Sound like my kid right there all about the protein <laughs> jack yeah. up the protein Tyler wants to know what the go-to brunch is. Ooh, Ooh I like biscuits and I've, gravy. I've never really been a brunch person. It's like <sighs> brunch is the do best. Do my meal. breakfast, <laughs> do my lunch, do my. Day. I'm not. I'm not a big brunch person. I mean, I call it brunch, but it's really late breakfast because breakfast. Well, I was going like, to say sometimes yeah. I eat. Like today, I actually after I got back from Notre Dame and did all my stuff, I actually um, had like breakfast stuff. I made an omelet and some hash yes. browns for Bingo. lunch. So maybe that I love technically the is brunch. I don't know. The omelet is my go-to for brunch. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's my big one. That, I mean, like an omelet, some waffles. You know, you, you know, I I, I, I like cereals. Here's the answer: scotch, scotchy scotch, scotch. <laughs> I like scotch. Thank you, Derek. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> yes, leave it but to yeah. him, Father David. Peanut butter and strawberry jam on toast. Every, that's actually a pretty good little – that's a nice little one, too. That's what Speaking mom of, used to do a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of toast with peanut butter and uh, sugar-free jelly on it. Still does it from time to time. Still does it nice. from time to time. Well, I see that uh, we've got a few more visitors with us tonight. So, again, a subtle reminder to smash that like button on the live YouTube to boost our uh, – Irish Breakdown Profile. We do appreciate it. And, uh, of course, subscribe, rate, and review on your podcast platforms. Do you guys want to get to what we came here for? I mean, rapid fire. Let's go. (laughs) That's right. It is Friday, and uh, that means rapid fire day. So where are we? We had the media session this morning. It was offensive line day with the media um, today. And so we went over there, and we got to talk to three different Irish offensive lineman Zeke Carell was one of them. Uh, the other, the tackles Joe Walt and Blake Fisher. They didn't bring any of the guards, interestingly enough, even though it's the guards who are fighting for starting jobs and all that kind of stuff. But interesting comment came out right away. Zeke was the first guy we got to talk to. He was the first one up in the room. So we're over there, there's a pretty good gaggle around him, and he's asked. About his improvement, you know, he he was a full, he became a full time starter last season for the first time, and so he was asked about the improvement that uh, he made. So I'll play his answer, and then I will. Uh, you, now you, this is one of those you've got to listen to this. You're going to hear right. something here, so listen and uh, see what stands out to you guys. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, I definitely have a far better understanding of the game of football. Like my football IQ has gotten a lot better and that's just come with studying the game, understanding the game, uh, knowing where the ball is being ran, like understanding protection, seeing blitzes, um, stuff like that, that will really help our offense and help this offensive line uh, execute when we're under pressure, uh, especially because our defense likes to blitz every play. So uh, it's it's been good, you know, being with these guys and just being able to see that from our defense too is going to help prepare us for the season. All right, Zeke Correll from this morning, what stood out to you guys? Well, obviously, it's the, the defense likes to blitz every play. I thought that was pretty telling, um, for well, sure. And I think what perked all of our ears up, and it, you know, I could see you, it perked your ears up pretty quickly as well. We've only been to two practices, yeah, right? And did we see a lot of blitzing at those two practices? Sure, but yep. how do we know, like, what the norm is, you know, because we've only been to two practices, so... It seems pretty telling that it's not just those two practices. There have been 10 practices, and Zeke Correll is talking about a consistently blitzing Notre Dame defense. Our next partner is Athletic Greens. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AGI a try because I wanted better gut health, sustained energy, immune support system, but I hate taking pills, and I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great which is helping me kick my sugar addiction. In the morning before I get to work, I like getting something healthy in my body. And with AG1, I'm giving my body the nutrition it craves. It's very important for me to get my day started off with something healthy. But with my schedule, it's hard to prepare healthy meals. AG1 is a very quick way to pack my body with all that I need to jumpstart my day in a very healthy way. Covering my nutritional basis for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust Athletic Greens. I just mix one small scoop of AG1 with water and drink it first thing every morning. Done. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. It's pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with the highest quality source ingredients. Win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com irish. That's athleticgreens.com slash Irish. Check it out. Well, and it's going to be interesting to see if that's okay. Maybe that's just something that they're working on in the spring, or is that something that's going to carry over, you know, to the fall? Because they didn't blitz a ton last year, I don't think. And so is that a point of emphasis in the spring? Let's see what we can do with this. You know, what's it going to look like? Who's good at it? You know, what, what are our personnel groups going to be when we blitz? Um, you know, are they just working on some stuff, which is what spring is for, by the way, right? But, or right. is this going to carry over to the fall where this is going to be, you know, who is it? John Tenuta. Wasn't he the one that liked to blitz all the time when he came in <laughs> and blitz. everybody yes. was all kind of excited about it until Jory Hartman. 
yeah. exactly. <laughs> so we did every time. That's how you win freshman football games, Sean. That's right. Hey, I was going back. I have the clip in my phone, my little pick six I was watching a couple of days ago. I found, <laughs> nice. that, found that video, and I saw you, me and you running down the sideline going nuts. You got together. that right. <laughs> I can find that. We can play it if you really want to see it. But, uh, I bet. I bet. <laughs> but, no, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see if that carries over uh you know to to the fall yeah so uh, echoing a lot of there were two things that stuck out to me um the one first thing he said was just a better understanding and knowing kind of where where the play is supposed to go the outcome of the play and that's a lot of none of that matters no no but that's just what i talked to (laughs) it was what i was talking about yesterday with the linebackers there's a correlation of knowing knowing where the play is supposed to come in your like more as you go along in the system and knowing you know what the outcome is supposed to be and how what you're doing to achieve what you're doing. It's like one thing just to run and hit someone, but when yep. you know what's going on schematically, it helps out. So I thought that w- that stood out a little bit to me. And then obviously, you know, uh, defense blitzing every play and e- echoing what Vince was talking about is like, is that a trend? Is that, you know, what kind of blitzes are you bringing five men and you're just, you know, maybe stunting your defensive line and bringing a linebacker? Are you bringing two linebackers? You know, what does that look like of how many you're bringing five, six, um, and how much of that will carry over into, you know, being a, a staple of the defense? Because like, uh, like, like the offense, the defense is only going to get more comfortable. And when you get more comfortable, that's when you can get more into blitzing and kind of rolling the dice um, a little bit. So I think it shows maturity on the defensive end when you can blitz because you can't blitz unless you have the understandings of your base defense. You blitz all night. And you make them remember the night they played the Titans. <laughs> Darn right. Uh, here's what I wonder. Last year, 38 sacks, 42 quarterback hurries. Um, that was down. You know, the sacks were down a little bit from 41 the year before under Marcus Freeman. 59 hurries, though. 17 more hurries. So all told, like if you're going to total those two together, 80 combined sacks and hurries by the defense last year compared to 100 um, by Marcus Freeman's defense the year before. And on top of that, the turnovers were the biggest thing that were down as well. They only forced 15 turnovers last year, 10 fewer than they had the year before. And as we've talked about before, most of those turnovers came about the midway point of the season on. So I wonder... I wonder if there's a correlation, you know, like we need more havoc. Like we've seen and we've talked about the defensive front cause more havoc. It is, it is led to some better linebacker play as well. And we have seen some blitzing, whether it's a corner blitz by Ben Morrison the other day or Jack Kaiser, whoever it happens to be, there's definitely been more blitzing. And, you know, Zeke Correll, again, it's like, he's talking about the fact this is happening all the time. It's, it's not just a, you know, they're doing it once or twice. And as you said, Vince, it, it could just be something that they're working on more in the spring. But there also could be, yeah. you know, some some correlation to sure. there are some things we need to get better at. One of them is more havoc. And again, forcing more turnovers. You force more turnovers when you create more havoc and more pressure on the quarterback. I personally come from a, a school of thought where the defense wreaks havoc and forces the offense into being uncomfortable. I, I like that. Right. But, right. but the thing is, you have to be sound in everything that you're doing in order to not get burned by doing all that. So, like, that's the difference between – too. And the secondary know, is very good, though, too. So like, Absolutely. So you can take some more like, chances up front. Right. Like all the big explosives – 
against Freeman's defense early in the season when they were doing some of that blitzing and it didn't pay off because the secondary wasn't quite ready to cover. So, right. And so, I mean, you need to be, you need to be, uh, very good on the back end, obviously, in order to blitz. You also need to be able to cover, you know, for when you send one guy, another guy has to cover for you. I mean, that's kind of the whole point. So you're not leaving in an area of the field wide open. So, I mean, you have to be good at it. You can't just blitz willy-nilly and hope and ninja and pray. Like, blitz, blitz and pray. All right, here we go. You know, you can't. Right. Right. You can't do that. But, the, but that's, but you know, but that does also stand out because, like, we're seeing all this blitzing. And in the live periods, we haven't seen the offense really, you know, like, take advantage of it. It's it's not like right. they're out there, you know, that there are busted coverages and things like that sure. going on. The offense really has not found the, the, the end zone very often when right. we've been there. So, Absolutely. So it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be really interesting to see you know what this looks like moving forward. That's that's for sure. I I personally am kind of excited about it. I, I, Me too. I again I, I like a havoc wreaking defense, forcing the offense into some uncomfortable situations, you know, things like that. And you know, part of that is from when I coached high school football because <laughs> the offenses can't handle a lot of blitzing usually. Your middle so. name was Havoc. Your middle was, name was Havoc. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's something to be pretty excited about, too, because what you guys were talking about, you can't blitz unless you have a good secondary, and it kind of works vice versa. If you have a good secondary, I think that allows you to start blitzing um, a little bit more because you trust your guys and you know that you have coverage on the back end. So I think both of those go hand in hand together of what what they're – and then, you know, the kind of the struggles that linebacker play and stuff last year, I think that's going to create more opportunities for linebackers this season. So then after we talked to Zeke Carell and he slipped this, you know, little bit of information in about all the blitzes, we talked to the new offensive line coach, Joe Rudolph, a few minutes later. And this came up just the question was asked, are there really that that many blitzes going on all the time? He avoided the answer to that, sure he did. but he but he did answer the question about sort of the challenge that it poses to him. As an offensive line coach, especially when you do have a couple of young guys in the middle, you know, like you're auditioning these guards and, you know, how how all that, just the challenge to teach, you know, to teaching when all that blitzing is going on. Good and a bad, right? The the good to that is that you, you have to be, you have to be on your cues, right? Your communication, your execution, your, like, you have to play well to help this guy not only to play well, but to survive practice. Like, if you don't play well enough, like, you're going to get the guy next to you beat up and, and worn out. So there's a lot of responsibility that falls on your shoulders in being able to execute through that. Um, that's a positive. you got to be ready to go and detailed up because you're not going to get one thing that isn't extremely challenging from a mental and physical perspective. Now, on the negative side, you can't let a lot of things moving around and guys dancing in and out and three-man twist games. Like You can't get lost in the gray. And you got to find a way to physically execute your assignment through some of the most difficult movement patterns that you may see. You know, you might see harder things in one day than you see in a whole year. You know, like, that's factual. But can you execute? Can you stay true to it? Can you work with pad level? Can you find your landmark? Can you do the little things that matter and not let it great? That's where you learn about whether someone can do the right thing at the right time in the human moment. So it's it's pretty good. 
sometimes it can stunt some guys' growth right. because you want them to like, can you, you know what I mean? But and you know, you're always you tend to teach the exception to the exception to the rule before you get to teach the rule. That's a hard way to teach sometimes, but it's it's what's presented and that's what you got to do. Right. So there's Joe Rudolph answering, you know, a, a lot of information or that last part is what I found interesting. And I think it kind of gets to the crux of of the question is, you know, you can't just sort of you're not necessarily just teaching the basics out there when you're constantly under fire. That that has to be challenging again when you're auditioning two fifths of your offensive line at the same time while all this is going on. Yeah, I think that that's um, the. the that's true. But to me, there's no better way to learn than just kind of be thrown into the fire. Like if you can handle a lot of these stunts and like he talked about of, you know, blitzing as, as an offensive line is one of the hardest things to do because you have to be in constant communication. You have to, even though your eyes are telling you one thing, you have to stay true to what your assignment is and just know that if someone leaves, someone is probably going to be coming to kind of occupy whoever just left. And I think that that's a good, like he talked about a good teaching moment. And when you have a young offensive line, I think it's it's good to go through some of this harder stuff first um, and then let the other stuff kind of everything else be becomes easier. easier. Yeah, yeah exactly. I so see that. I don't necessarily mind it because I think it's ultimately going to make them a lot better in the end. And it's it's forcing them to communicate now. And I think that was a lot of the issues we've seen in prior seasons. Is the offensive line just didn't communicate a lot during blitzes and you saw a lot of blown assignments um and you know really a lot of quarterback sacks and they kind of had to adjust their quarterback play and game style overall around that so i'm okay with you know what's what's kind of going on right now i think it's ultimately going to make them stronger in the end run yeah and andre says he thinks the activity by the defense helps the offensive line you know kind of to your point helps them understand where they need to be as well i think all that's true and i i'm a big proponent of just throwing the kitchen sink and seeing if these guys can handle it right i mean that's that's what you want if you're going to be you know an elite offensive line you should be able to pick this stuff up right Mm -hmm. i i would i would say that if this was not a potential elite offensive line then sometimes you're doing more harm than good just like beating the crap out of them every day and not letting them enjoy any success whatsoever because i think so i think there's like a fine line there but i think this offensive line is actually has the possibility of being really good. And so I'm fine with them just throwing stuff at them and, and making them communicate and all of those different things uh, because I think they can be elite. I, I think uh, I think they can be very, very good. And so I think this could be good for them. I don't think it's going to backfire. It's like taking, you know, uh, a, a not-so-good team and playing them against really, really good teams and getting your brains bashed in. Like, well, it's going to prepare us for the tournament when we play it. Mm-hmm. Is it though? Like, is taking this butt whooping really gonna help you? You know what I mean? Like, they you do have to experience a little bit of success in order to know what that success feels like. Yeah, and I don't think that's the case here. Yeah, and I mean, if you're making them uncomfortable again, like it, it, I would think that it makes from, and it's and it's not just the offensive line. We're talking about the offensive line today because that's who we got to talk to today. But it's the running backs who are obviously part of protection. As well, it's the quarterbacks having to make quick decisions sure. you know, on their feet with the pressure coming at them, and so I I, th- I think that it 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 definitely helps everyone because you don't typically see this a lot in the spring, you know. Right. Like that's true. There's a lot of there's a lot of base stuff that typically goes in in the spring, and you know, again, like they're. <laughs> 
I, I, you know, like how much of this is sort of a, you know, an orchestrated concerted, you know, how much is, is necessarily helping, you know, with, with the defense in mind, how much is when the, with the offense sure. in mind and, and making them, you know, have to figure some of this kind of stuff out. You know, it's going to happen, don't you? We're going to get that? to the, the blue gold game. The defense gonna is going to dominate the offense. There's going to be no points, oh. and everybody's going to be freaking total out. Reaction. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Like, oh, Hartman's terrible. Buckner's terrible. You know, it's just going to be the sky is falling offensively. And then watch the offense is going to go out and have a banner year, put up numbers they haven't put up in a really long time. And we will remind everybody once again that literally nothing good comes from the blue gold game. Here's here's a, good, a good point. point. And we didn't we didn't necessarily get to this yesterday. We talked about a lot of linebacker play. And Jesse, I'll let you start with this. Reggie says he's coached defense, and the only thing that he doesn't like blitzing schemes is the linebackers don't see the play well on their feet when they're not blitzing because of the fact that okay, if you're blitzing, you know you know pretty much exactly what your assignment is. There's there's very little in the way of reads. Yeah, and that's kind of the – I think I might have touched on yesterday, and if I didn't, I was hoping to, is when you blitz, it makes it easier for obviously the blitzing linebacker because you just need to be in one spot and you need to get there as soon or as quickly as you can, right? And I think a, a good comparison for this comment made by Reggie is that's a lot of Maris Leofau is he blitzes and it seems to be he does his best when he's kind of shooting gaps, but when he has to sit back and make reads – on his own, I think he struggles because he just doesn't trust his instincts anymore. And when he doesn't think and he's just told the to blitz, that's, you know, that's kind of his MO on this defense. So I do agree with that because if you get into this repetition of blitzing and then you're not blitzing, well, it just makes you kind of have to think a little bit more and not be as quick on your feet. Yep. I agree. All right. One more comment from Joe Rudolph. This one's uh, a little bit shorter uh, you know again he was asked about all the blitzing before and you heard him talk about the, the challenges it can pose to the teaching so he was he's asked do you ever talk to marcus freeman and or al golden and say hey how about maybe a little bit fewer blitzes today <laughs> you have no input on that. i'm gonna coach them to be the best they can be and we're gonna yeah. take responsibility to be the best we can be in the moment the rest of it's over my head <laughs> he's just coaching the o-line ours Spoken is not like a true soldier why. Right. that's right just, ours <laughs> is but to do or die that's, he knows you know. his commands and that's what he's gonna stick to <laughs> love it love well it's not like you know in a game he can go over to the other team and be like hey guys uh can we can we cut down yeah. on the blitzing tone down you the know. blitzing a little bit guys come on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i just thought that was funny that was you great know, that, yeah and you know like you go out there and the head coach has his plan for the day, you know, and uh, when the offensive line coach and the other position coaches get them for their individual position drills, then you're doing position stuff. Once you get to team stuff, though, you're at the, uh, the whim and the will of the guy at the top, right? Yeah. <laughs> the guy yep. at the top of the pecking order, and you do what you got to do. <laughs> All right. Uh, one question, Rob, about the offensive line. Seems that Joe Rudolph likes to pull his guards. Who do you think is the best among the current guards right now? I mean, at pulling or just being I, guards? Like, yeah, if we're just talking about just guard play, not not necessarily pulling guards. Like, I, I think the best of the guards right now is Billy Shrouth. I don't think that there's much doubt about that. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Billy Billy has the most natural talent at this point. I mean, he's going to make some rookie mistakes. There's, I think people need to expect that. But I think he's going to get better and better as time goes on and as the fall goes on. Uh, I think he will end up being the best guard. And I think the other best guard is probably going to be Andrew Kostovic for numerous reasons. He's got the most experience. I think he works the best with the two guys around him. One-on-one, mm-hmm. it's not great, if I'm being honest. He's not great. But rarely is he ever going to have to be one-on-one. I mean, that's when you and play it, guard. And he is, he's also ahead of Rocco Spindler from everything that we've seen. No so. doubt about that. So, I mean, when he when he's working with Carell and he's working uh, with Fisher, he, he does a really good job. So, I, I'm fine with him being that guy, and I'm fine with uh, Billy Shrout being, being that guy on the other side uh, because him and Alt together – that's a nice little package. So it, I, I think it's those two. And I, I think the challengers are, are pretty far behind at this point based on what yeah. we've seen. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to have think. to defer to you two because I have not seen live action practice or <laughs> maybe following the guards. As are much you as coming to the blue gold game? Let's go. <laughs> Seriously. When is that? A lot of empty seats out there Next a week weekend. from tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in Atlanta. Sorry. <laughs> of course you are probably trying another brewery <laughs> all right change of topic then the cw has emerged as a possible landing spot for part of the pac-12's tv rights do you buy or sell it as a good spot for pac-12 football i'm actually going to go with i buy this and i really like the idea of it and i'll explain why i didn't know the history of cw so i needed to educate <laughs> myself a little bit um, and I'll, I'll just kind of uh, give some facts that I found uh, okay. for people out there who might not know Bring the it. history of CW. So, you know, obviously before I think this was like pre 2006, you had your three main networks, ABC, NBC and well, we're Fox. Get real history. OK. Yeah, we and are. then, <laughs> you know, the CW was founded by CBS and Warner. They took the C from CBS, the W from Warner made it CW. I didn't know these things. So if you guys knew these things, I apologize. Nope. And then. So they CBS and Warner 100% owned this until January of 2002, and a company called NextStar comes in and buys it, and they own 75% of the company. CBS retained eighth of a control. Warner retains eighth of a control. Um, I, the reason why I like this overall, they just changed um, ownership. That I think that they need to establish themselves if they want to seriously have contention with ABC, NBC, and Fox. And I think the best way to do that is to gain you know sports that's the easiest way you know to to attract attention and if you want to make a big splash you got to get a big conference out there such as the pac-12 and so i think the sports could do a a help the cw grow their business and expand and so that's why i buy this and i did not know this about cw i you know i just thought they were just another company but again they were owned by cbs and warner and now they are in new ownership one Tree Hill, Smallville, all those all kind of, the, of you know, Veronica all of the, Mars. Like the, the superhero. That's uh, what I mean. Oh, yeah. So they don't have anything on the network that's sports related. So I think it could be a really big splash for them to allow them to well, expand and get they closer do have to live. being They have the ABC, Live Golf Tour. <laughs> NBC and Fox. They had WWE for a little bit as well. I think SmackDown. So D- Decaf 18. Nobody watches CW, so it's perfect for the Pac-12. <laughs> I mean, we it's hard. It's hard to argue against that, really. But you know, like now, the Pac-12 is not going to do for the CW. I don't think what the NFL did for Fox. But right. you know, getting getting the NFL did really launch 
Fox into yeah. a different stratosphere. When and they, I when think that that's what get that. sports can do for the CW. I, I don't think the Pac-12 is going to do that for anybody, but <laughs> I will also say the, the biggest thing the Pac-12 has working against it is when the games are on. They're yeah, on too freaking so late. late. They're on too freaking late, man. Like, I'm sorry. Maybe that's the old man well, me coming out. It's the you know Pac-12 what? after hours the ESPN, for a reason. E- <sighs> ESPN actually covets that Pac-12 you know, the, the after hours. Because they got nothing else to show. Hours. Yeah, that's right. Because they, I get they it. want something to throw on tv at 10 30 at night i'd rather have time. highlights of the games that just took place like <laughs> that's what i would rather yeah, but you're, watch you're an old man when i, I was know. in college and still now it's like an extra round of football See, after, after the like, dust is settled you get the pack 12 to end your night when we used to you know when we were all during the covid season when we were all working from home and i was doing the post game show and all that stuff it's like especially with the night games I'd sit there in a little den with my stuff you know doing the show with my old pal Reggie Brooks, and I'd have, you know, it's not that I was paying close attention, but I would have a Pac-12 on. in the background. You know, so oh, I do the same thing ice. during our post-game shows with IB. I'll put the game on my iPad, and I'll have it off to the side, and I'll be watching it or whatever, because there's usually a Pac-12 game that means something, you know, has a little bit of something impact. to do with Notre Dame or right. some impact. Right. So as far as for the CW, to me – it doesn't matter because everything I have right now is streamed. So doesn't matter which app I'm picking. It, it, I don't care as long as it's available. As long as you can find it. <laughs> I'm good. And like, and really, Marquee sucks because I don't get it. Right. And yeah, so, buy a VPN, you know. Jess, Jesse, me, Jesse can teach you. <laughs> I was going to say, Jesse can teach you a thing or two about pirate. TV, so he, he <laughs> might not won. know the difference between UHF and VHF, but he can. He might be able to teach you that. New school, and, you know. I don't think it doesn't sound like this would be like the CW wouldn't be like the entire part of the package, but part of a bigger. You know, like I think what they're hoping to do, because like Amazon has been talked about before, yeah. is maybe like you know some of your. Some of your games are on the CW. Some of them are on Amazon, maybe. And then, you know, like maybe that Pac-12 after dark is on ESPN. You know, like I, I think that and that's probably the best case scenario for the Pac-12 is they're going to have to split it up. I mean, with USC and UCLA, UCLA leaving, there are you know, yeah. fewer and fewer attractive games. So just having some sort of TV package, I think they're, they're going to have to cobble something together it, it 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 didn't sound very appetizing when i first heard the cw but look i've you know i've got the cw it's not that i watch much on it you know i think like there's some like <laughs> right seinfeld reruns at night or something mm-hmm. like that is you know like when i'm flipping around on the guide but you know the thing was you know again like just like the whole what the nfl did for fox again pac-12 football is not going to move the needle in that way for the cw but if the game's on TV and people want to watch the game, people will, just like you were saying, like you'll stream it no matter what. If it's on TV and people want to watch it, champ. Right. Could be could be good for everybody in a roundabout way. I'm really curious to see what kind of money the Pac-12 gets because it just doesn't sound like things are going well for them in their TV negotiations. Yeah. All right. The USFL makes its second season debut this weekend and that means there's going to be head-to-head between the xfl and the usfl this weekend they're going to be two different windows this weekend where they're actually 
playing at the same time. You guys going to watch either, neither, or both? Neither is the answer. <laughs> I did watch the first weekend of the XFL. I watched a couple of games here and there, and I haven't watched anything since. I, I just haven't run into it, I guess. And I don't know if that speaks to how busy I am or that I just don't give a crap. One of the two. Because I, I didn't mind watching it at the time, but it is not must-see TV for me. And I don't even know what I have. I have to do my taxes this weekend. That's what I'm going to be doing Hell this yeah. weekend, not watching the XFL or the other. I, I just won't be. Maybe you I'll have it on in the background. You do them yourself, Vince, the taxes? I do, yeah. What a smart guy. I I, I hired one of my accountant friends from college <laughs> and said, can you do my taxes for me? and give You me hang out with dollars. smart people. I hang out with gym teachers, okay? So... <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was his profession, and I was like, you know, I just don't want to – I just make sure that, you know, I don't owe anything. Right. It usually comes to net zero, and that's fine for me as long as I don't owe anyone any money. And I looked into getting somebody of. to do it for me, and it was ridiculously expensive. Right, and so then that's why I hit up my friend you. and was like, hey, 50 bucks? <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe a pack of beers or something? What was going to work Sean out knows. Here? Sean knows. I was like, 300 bucks? What? No. <laughs> and it's all because of this, you know. I was going to say, we've got thing. too much crap to itemize because of, right. of this set. And I don't know how to do me. it. I've got like mileage and all these other things yeah. to throw in there. And it's like, you know, got to measure this room and yep. all these different things. And no like, idea how to do any of that. I've got so to pay somebody to do it. You can't do that on an EZ. That's so. <laughs> <laughs> true. Back to the original question, I am also a neither, you know, to me, this is how I view it. It's like the minor league baseball, you know, like this is like the minor league football of the NFL. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't tune in to minor league football or baseball games. And I'm not going to do the same for the football. And it's not like, oh, it's, I think I'm better than the XFL and you know, the USFL. It's just it's, I, I've seen the NFL. I, wa I want to watch the best of the best. And if I wanted to watch. You know, minor league footballers, I might go watch some high school football games on Friday night. I don't know. Come on down. I'll get you in for free. <laughs> Derek I'm not, says I'm, I'm not right walking off. into that golden black kingdom. <laughs> you never catch me there. Yeah, that's fair. Derek says I better write off my new microphone, and you better believe I am. It's like uh, everything that I get gets <laughs> yep. Right. I actually got yelled at by my account this year. She's like, we don't need all these receipts. All you have to do is write down what you paid for it, and you save the receipts in case you get audited. So, all right, whatever. Sorry <laughs> to make your life difficult. <laughs> you are the accountant in this whole setup. Yeah, I just – I've tried to get into these alternate leagues, and it's just – I'm just not interested enough. Like, yeah. the only thing somewhat interesting is sort of like the gadget rules and stuff like that that we've talked about. And it's it's kind of cool how they experiment with stuff in these yeah. leagues, and maybe we'll see yeah. that stuff come into the NFL. Right. I would be – I would be more interested, actually, if there actually was some sort of affiliation with the NFL. You know, like they – Absolutely. And, you know, there's some of this talk going around with NIL and, you know, all this other stuff. Uh, and uh, something Jack Swarbrick brought up is the NFL creating its own minor league rather than using college football as a minor league, which, I mean, you're still going to have, you know, kids going to school and their, their goal is going to be the NFL regardless. And if you didn't have that, I don't know how popular your sport would be because of the stars that it creates, but 
USMA 87 says, not a fan of XFL running the play calls live. Too many interviews in game. And I, you know, there, there is that line because like, I don't think that there's a whole lot of actual value in, you know, like the sideline reporter doing coaches interviews during games in, in regular games, whether it's college basketball, NFL, you know, all these different things and these alternate leagues, because of the fact that they're an alternate league and the TV network has so much pull with them because of the, you know, what, what the TV network is investing back in these leagues, they can say, we're going to televise your game. And, you know, there's some money that's trading hands, obviously, but they'll also say, but you're also going to give us more access and the leagues are going to bend over backwards and give them that access. And you're right. It's like, don't people just, you know, isn't it still football? Don't we just want to watch the game? Do we really need all this extra stuff going on? I don't need to know what the head coach is talking about. Like I don't that right. They need to do away with those kind of interviews, but I don't mind hearing what the officials have to say during replays. I, I really don't mind that. I think the NFL can embrace That's that. That's what I would I think we've talked about that before. I yeah. would love to see where like you know, like isn't it the XFL where they go inside with Dean Blandino and yeah, you know, he's talking through the replay and all I would like to see more disclosure what they're looking at and, you know, hear them talking about what they're looking at in the replay booth. Even right. if it's after the fact, even if like, you know, like the truck can look in and, you know, like they know what's going on. And then after the fact, you know, once they announce the call and, you know, instead of people going, what, what are they talking about? Maybe the replay booth could show an instant replay of what was talked about. You know what I mean? Like, even if they're not going to show it completely live, more transparency. On what's going on right. in the replay booth. That's I one thing that I would do for. Yeah. Yep. I want to, uh, before we move on, da- okay. pull up Derek's last comment. I want to give this some uh, some credit because I know exactly what he's talking about. So Cleveland has this thing called Rita, and Rita will come get you. They don't even tell you that you own owe taxes. It's Regional Income Tax Agency. Never heard of it before. And, uh, yeah, they'll just keep compiling your bills. And then all of a sudden, like Derek said, you know, he's got $3,700 that he owes. <laughs> That he hasn't paid. So it's an interesting thing that Cleveland does. I've never, never heard it before, but I just wanted to. So I saw they that tax and you was... and they don't know you're being, or you don't know you're being taxed. Is that? No, kind of... it's like you basically have to reach out to them and say, hey, like what's going on here. And so when I first moved here, I had no idea about it. And one of my coworkers was like, did you pay your RITA taxes? And I was like, RITA taxes? What are you talking about? And he's like, your regional income taxes. And it's like, you have to apply and just like make sure wow. that you don't owe anything. And it's like, it's, it's just all a little bit of a, a scam. See, look, <laughs> I, I struck a nerve. F Rita. <laughs> Move out of Ohio. Yeah, no kidding, man. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Got your happy price, price line. So DeMar DeRozan's daughter screamed every time a Toronto Raptor shot a free throw the other night in the Bulls play-in game win over Toronto. Vince is already shaking his head. Toronto lost. They shot just 18 of 36 at the line in their loss. Well, DeRozan's daughter is <laughs> screeching every time a free throw is shot from the stands. And this game was in Toronto as well. So she's a you know a visiting player, yeah, visiting player's daughter screeching basically so the whole arena can hear. Solid strategy or just shrill annoyance on DeRozan's daughter's part. Well, if you play for the Bulls, it's solid strategy. If you play for the Raptors, it's it's shrill annoyance as a, as a bystander or a fan. I mean, I have nothing, you know, nothing really against it. I'm not at the game. And you're a professional NBA player. You should be able to make free throws with someone standing in your ear and screaming into it. Like that is you can't put the blame on a girl, you know, screeching out while you're trying to shoot free throws. There's there's you at that point. I mean, you are a professional basketball player. Free throws should be you know, your bread and money. You should be able to hit those with your eyes closed almost. I have zero problem with this, believe it or not. Now, <laughs> I, I feel like I might have been, I might be annoyed if I was like a Raptors fan and I was the, like, maybe that would have annoyed me. But overall, like right. you're a fan. Especially if you were sitting behind her. Sure. Or in front of her. But you're a fan. Her. You are allowed to scream and yell. She wasn't screaming profanities. She wasn't, you know, <laughs> talking about their moms or anything like that. Like she's just yelling. I have no problem. So in the final four game for uh, for high school, I was I was at the game in the student section. Every time the other team shot a free throw when they were facing one of the student sections, a kid at the very top, like literally the crowd would part. He would come running down from the top all the way to the bottom, and he was the starting center on the football team. Okay, okay. They would lift up his shirt. And he would, you know, he would basically be doing the truffle shuffle. All right. Kid missed all of his free throws while he, while he was doing that. I love it. I loved it. Like, it was fantastic. So I have no problem with that kind of stuff. That is what you are supposed to do as a fan. I love it. I actually think that the one person, you know, shrill screaming like that would be more effective than like if, you know, if you're at a college game or a high school game or whatever, we're like the whole student body does like the, uh, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> right. like if you, if it's just still quiet, you know, like if it's your home game, <laughs> right. And you just like, cause it's, it's like a golfer. Basically it's like, right. As they're getting ready to shoot, you know, you get the, and then I'm not even going to do it because it annoy everybody, but <laughs> I would think that that would be more effective having one person do that yeah. than like your whole crowd doing that. So yeah, I would be completely annoyed. And it sounds like, Father David was watching <laughs> that game. I would be completely annoyed, I think. Were you watching the game by any chance, Yes. I caught the uh, the last quarter of it. That's also Survivor Night in this household could, on Wednesday. So I was <laughs> – Did you hear any of the screaming? Do you remember it? Yeah, I mean, you could definitely hear it. I mean, it's okay. in Toronto's home stadium, so they're completely right. silent during these free throws. Right. And she just shrieks out. And I thought the funny part was after the game – um, they asked Damar, you know, are you going to bring her down to Miami now? Because they still need to win one more game technically to get into the playoffs. He said, oh, well, that's a school night. I don't know about that one. So I thought that was pretty funny. But if I'm him, I'm packing her along on the team charter, and she's yeah. a part of the team now. I mean, so in that close of a game, and you're missing 18 free throws, that's the deciding factor right there. Take her everywhere. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
So what's and again, the you're most... going to be in Miami's home arena, so it's going to be the same yeah, type do it. of <laughs> do it, same environment, same environment. So what's the most annoying thing you've seen or heard at a sporting mm. event? I thought about this one for a while. I couldn't couldn't think of many, but the one that instantly came to my mind that just really bugged me. And I don't know if you're going to say the same one, but it was the the Vanderbilt Whistler at the College World Series. Yes. And it was just brutal. And you could hear it on TV. You could hear it just constantly. And the guy knew he was annoying, and he got several warnings from the tournament, and he still was he going does on. And I'll do it. it I'll try to do brutal. it. I can't whistle real loud. That's kind of – but much louder – than that that's kind oh, yeah. of like it, it's like it's a really, really high chirp 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 and, and that's like you know vanderbilt's a really good and i you know Je, you know jesse and i like college baseball obviously and having you know been to some of those games in omaha when they were there and just trying to watch them on tv especially it's just it's horrible like i can't even watch the broadcast because this guy does it the whole game brutal and it's just just annoying yeah brutal Brutal. I, I couldn't think of anything specifically like that has really bugged me. I mean, there's I, number one, I try never to sit in the stands because fans annoy me in general because they're usually <laughs> dogging on the coach or whatever. So I, yeah. I try to volunteer for everything. You're right. When you're in the stands at a, at a oh. football game, it's just, oh, this guy sucks or we suck oh. this. And it's like, all right, let's get a headphone on this guy and put him down on the field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like that at the high school level. It's like that at the at the youth level. It's like that at the college level. I can't stand sitting in the stands. I cannot <laughs> stand it. And and usually it's a parent or some know it all or something like that. And it, it's that would be the most annoying thing to me is the 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 annoying parent in the stands. Just can't stand it. Like I I literally volunteered to be the backup timer for track meet so I wouldn't have to sit in the Just stands. So you wouldn't have to be there. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah, I can't when do it. When something's going right, it's like, well, of course that's what's going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. This is what I've been saying the whole time. Yeah, I know. If you would have just done what I said an hour ago, yeah. <laughs> oh, horrible. But the, the, the other one, like my personal, like the Vanderbilt one, is annoying, and that might still be at the top. Back when, back in the Big East days for Notre Dame, when I was doing Notre Dame baseball, when we used to go to Rutgers, Oof. Fred Hill, the Rutgers head coach, they would – there was no press box at Rutgers to begin with. So they set up a table directly, you know, behind the backstop. So you're sitting behind home plate, ground level. They'd have like a tarp over the top of us in case Terrible. it was raining or anything. But, you know, so you're out there in the elements at ground level behind home plate. And Fred Hill, the Rutgers head coach, his wife would have this rock. And she would come and she would clang on the backstop like the beam, like the steel Are beam. Are you serious? Ping, 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 ping. Like the, yes. And again, it was like all game long. And that, so like, that was, that. that's the most annoying thing I've experienced in person. My was, gosh. Was that. And it would happen every time we would go there. It was a joy. So. I, Man, I, I'll I add those honor. Rutgers baseball series that they used to like. When Notre Dame played in the Big East there for a little bit, there was some some pretty heated rivalries within the baseball college baseball realms. The bitter Notre Dame Rutgers rivalry. It's a shame that it's that it's gone really because it was like probably the best under the radar college baseball rivalry around. Now a lot of it had to do with the two head coaches, Paul Maneri and 
and Fred Hill. But, you know, a lot of it also had to do with the fact that, you know, they were the two best teams in the Big East for a good stretch of time. And they came into the Big East at the same time. And, and yeah, so it was it was a uh, a fun, bitter rivalry to to call those games. Someone I need to get a hold of Nick Maneri, who I had on last night. He needs to write a book about that rivalry. I think. <laughs> that would actually that would be very fun. My my honorable mention for annoyances in the stands is when you're trying to call a game and a fan will come up and try and talk to you. Yes. That's that's up there's, there. There's that when you're when you've got the headsets yes. and you've got a microphone in front of your face, you know, with the headset microphone, and you're obviously talking, and someone just comes up, you know, and starts asking you questions yes. while you're in the middle of a broadcast. Terrible. Yes. Anyone, anyone who's done especially like high school games and stuff like that we've all been there that's yeah right. so that's i know that doesn't quite hit for everybody but it hits very close to home for me it's like get out of so here annoying. that's what right doing need more cowbell need more cowbell that's right. <laughs> oh yeah the, the moms and their cowbells okay so fill in the blank it's blank that the cavender twins the miami hurricane now former women's basketball players the twins are leaving a remaining year of college basketball eligibility on the table at Miami, and they are possibly going to join the WWE. I think it's responsible. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Vince. <laughs> Sorry. I, my biggest issue with this is I think it, it, it forces me to look at the – and I don't know how good they are at basketball. I, I will defer to you on that one. But well, one of them, one of them was second team all ACC. Okay. The other was more a bench player this year. Okay. They were both, they were both like, you know, the one was still, they were at Fresno state in the mountain West conference. Right. I, they, they, you know, the one that was the bench player, I think she started more often when they were at Fresno okay. state. But, okay. You know, they were, wasn't you know, one of them like, uh, uh, like a state player of the year or in high school or like, they, I think so. One of them. Yeah. yeah. And so like they were a package deal, I guess is ultimately kind of. Right. I think it it speaks more to the fact I saw a uh, a graphic or whatever showing like uh, Angel Reese's nil you know money that she could be making her value it was like three hundred seventy thousand dollars a year or something and the annual salary in the WNDA was like seventy or something like that so it's like financially. Is it really worthwhile to stay in college women's basketball if you have an opportunity to make all this money because you know they're going to throw a bucket of cash at them to do the WWE or whatever? They're going to make a ton of money doing it. I mean, are they going to get their degree? I think that's another conversation. But, I, I mean, I get well, it. They've just, get they it. just finished their senior year. So, you know, like okay. if they had come back, it would have been the COVID year. It was year a graduate assistant, used, essentially, or so. graduate year. So, right. yeah, I mean, I get it. Right. I, I understand why they're doing it. They're, they're going to make way more money doing the WWE, which is a farce and a joke, and I've never understood the WWE, and that's probably going to make some people mad. That's fine. But they're going to make so much more money doing that than if they got drafted into the WNBA. Yeah, so for me, it, it actually was pretty surprising because I'm going to think of it as, like, someone who played sports their whole life. Um, I'm just surprised, like – when I sent that tweet to you the other day that they were foregoing their fifth year, I was like, there's got to be something that's pulling them away. Like they're not sure. just walking away for no reason, of course, coming out right. that this is it. And it's just surprising to me because, you know, you only get to play basketball for so long. And so it's either they're completely over it 
and they want nothing to do with it. But to me, it's like, why not finish out that last year, right? Like, I, I bet the WWE is going to be there. They're still going to get money with the NIL. Like, they built this social presence. Other opportunities I, are going to come. So it's like, did you really love basketball or were you just showing up because of, you know, your popularity on social media and whatever now? So, like, that's kind of where I was looking at it. It's just to me, it feels like they've fallen out of love for playing basketball. And it's like, all right, well, I'm on to making – you know, money. And that's really, you know, what I'm concerned about at this point. I mean, they have, they played basketball pretty much their whole life. Like I saw some of the social media stuff where they had, you know, like pictures of themselves playing, you know, back in the youth days and, and all that kind of stuff. Apparently, you know, I talked about this when I was out at the ACC tournament, if you guys remember that, you know, all, not all the teams, but a good deal of the teams were in the same massive hotel and Miami and Notre Dame were in the same hotel. So I would see them. I would, I don't know which ones I was seeing, but I was always coming or going off the elevator or through the lobby. And one of them was there. And then like, I would go to the fitness room in the morning and because of the way you had to walk to get there, there was kind of like this little open area, you know, like a coffee shop type thing every morning 8 a.m., those two would be sitting there, and their mom, they were having like a momager, you know, kind of meeting with her. And there, you know, there was like one morning where they were both sitting on the same side of the table, you know, like with their hands on the table, waiting for mom to show up, you know, that kind of thing. So it's it's obviously a business, you know, yeah, like, exactly. like you were, it's a business you, decision. Yeah. Like you were talking, Vince, about the NIL. There are, Muffet McGraw was talking about this last week, like, Elizabeth Kitley, the ACC two-time player of the year at Virginia Tech, she's coming back for her fifth year. And there are others who are doing so as well because there's more money in NIL in staying in college for another year than if you go to the WNBA right now. Like, from what I heard, they already had some kind of NIL deal with WWE. So, I, you know, I don't know what kind of contract this could look like or whatever. I understand like taking like jump on the theme, I guess, while you get it. They obviously yep. have a massive social media following in the WWE would like that. I was surprised because like, they're not very big. They're like five foot seven. And like, yeah, even, that's also what I thought about. It's like, even for tiny. women. Yeah, yeah. Like even for, for female wrestling, I would think that you had to be a little bit bigger, you know, like for the WWE, if you're going to wrestle, but well, maybe that's going to be no their idea. thing. It's like a tag team presence, you know, like the, well, they're the definitely yeah. going to be together. I mean, they're not going to go, right. they're not going solo. I mean, that's, that's the shtick is it's, yeah. it's the Cavender twins, you know? Absolutely. So. And, and they're at about the height of their media presence right now. Right. I mean, let's be honest. They're going to try to cash in on the height of where they're at. They don't want to be old news. And maybe a year from now, after another year of average basketball playing, they lose some of that cachet. You know, we don't yeah. know what the future holds, but we know where they're at right now. Everybody yeah. knows who the Cavender twins are. And looks are <laughs> fleeting. So the Michael Parks, uh, Michael Parks's previous comment uh, about hits it on the head. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and he's definitely right. <laughs> I think I told you, I I did meet their dad on an elevator out there at the ACC tournament. And he's from South Bend. He's a South Bend St. Joseph graduate. Yeah, they were born in South Bend. Yeah, they were born in South Bend. And they grew up in Arizona. And I was talking to uh, James um, Spinelli. He's the the video, like the video coordinator for Notre Dame women's basketball. And he was telling me that, 
back when they were in high school, like when they were, you know, their social media presence was just starting, but they would like put up highlights of themselves, you know, doing like shooting hoops and stuff in the backyard. And he had like the, the court is all Notre Dame stuff. It's like, he's got Notre Dame logos and stuff like that on the backyard court. So, well, you, you mentioned crazy little connection. You mentioned the dad, right? If they have their degree, like if I'm the dad, if I'm their dad, they went and they got their degree. I would be fine with it. I really would. I, I would be like, yeah. hey. And they probably, I would imagine they've got their degrees. They've even had it from no state before they ever even went to Miami. Sure. But, yeah. Just, you know what? Yeah. Go go make your money and make sure you got your degree to fall back on. Yeah. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. Capitalize on it while you got it now. I have no problem yeah. with that. What The whole point of going to college is to set you up for your career. And I'm not saying their career is going to be the WWE, but they're set up for a little while. So have at it. <laughs> Derek is looking for an interview. Are you looking for a Cavender interview? I don't I know if I can set that for. up. But it's got apparently called <laughs> WWE now. I think they've got a little bit higher priority <laughs> interviews. They were on the Today Show <laughs> yesterday. And that's True. where this whole WWE, they, they mentioned – the WWE, even though they didn't completely commit, like that would, you know, that's what was going to happen, but it sure sounds that way. Anyway. All right. Well, we made it through a Friday. Whew. Congratulations. Any best bets tonight? Anyone? Come on. Best bets for tonight. Any I told you, I'm on I'm on a cold What's going on tonight. Right now. I'm just I'm staying away from everything. <sighs> it's the NBA. I'm either gonna right? throw every about. penny I've got on the on Cubs. Something. I got the Cubs winning tonight, underdogs versus the Dodgers. Is it on like ESPN? Can I actually watch it? (laughs) It's the late game, Vince. You won't be awake. It's like the 10 o'clock game. It's out in (laughs) L.A. in L.A. Jeez. Yeah, I won't be watching that. (laughs) I'll watch first pitch and go to bed. If I can actually watch it, which is probably not. You need to educate me on how I can find these things. That's what needs to happen. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see what I can do. Do you have access to the marquee network? Nope. Oh, okay. That's why he can't watch it. That's why I can't watch any games. I got you. I watched like, the even recap if I gave him access Facebook. to my extra innings, he couldn't watch it because of the stupid blackout rules. Yeah, that's so. where you get the VPN because then you hide what network you're connecting to so it doesn't know your location. But that's a conversation for later. That's <laughs> <laughs> so what I did with the, the Cleveland because I bought the MLB TV and so I get every game. You know, except the the local Cleveland games because yep. Bally Sports owns them, and I got pissed, and so I bought a VPN, and now I can watch the Cleveland games too. So, all right, you may have said too much. We should probably go ahead and wrap it up. Right now. <laughs> They're coming to get you. The the Rita the Rita police are down. <laughs> They're always trying to get you. Jesse Stars, we know you're in there. Right. Have you been watching Cleveland games illegally? <laughs> Send the little chihuahua out. Uh, yeah, Henry, my guard dog. Yeah. All right, well, have a great weekend. We will talk to you Monday. We're one week away from gold. We get Marcus Freeman, Jared Parker, Al Golden tomorrow. So we'll have some of that nice. on uh, on Monday's show. So we've got that to look forward to. Guys, enjoyed it. I will talk to you later. Appreciate everybody for joining us tonight we will talk to you then hit the like button on your way out and of course subscribe rate and review and leave us a five star rating we'll talk to you monday on
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.